Next on BYU Sports Nation, an overtime clank. BYU basketball shoots another weird percentage in normal Illinois. Is it panic time for BYU hoops? What is the perfect bowl opponent for BYU in their upcoming bowl game? I say bring on Bama. Stop it. Plus, Jimmer Fredette wants back in the NBA. He's not mincing words, but will he get there next season? Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard. BYU Sports Station is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Happy Thursday, November 29th, wherever and however you are connected. Great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with 1980s music trivia specialist Jason Shepard. Love me some 80s music. What's the band of the day, Jason? The band of the day? We're all living on a prayer. How about Bon Jovi? Oh, okay. I thought for sure you were going to default to Culture Club or something like that. Speaking of, though, uh, the wife and I last night uh, watched uh, Wedding Singer, which obviously is based in the 80s, and the catalog of music is fantastic. For me, top three all-time Adam Sandler movie. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, honestly, the top three Adam Sandler movies, in no particular order, Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore, Wedding Singer. Yeah, probably those three. Yeah. Probably those three. I love 1980s music. I do, too. <laughs> that's what I, honestly, that's what I listen to music-wise. Probably the majority is stuff from the 80s. I love it. Can you sing the entire song that he sings to Drew Barrymore on the airplane? No, but I thought you were going to ask me if I could sing We Are the World with all of the different parts. <laughs> the answer is yes. You can do that. Absolutely, I can. Wow. How uh, <laughs> on point are you with your 1980s Christmas music trivia? 80s Christmas? Yeah. Well, I mean, the songs haven't changed. I know. So are you, you feel like you're, you're good to go? Sure. I don't know where this is going. <laughs> Later. Okay. Later, my All friend. Right. Later. Okay. Uh, welcome to the show, everyone. We have a loaded lineup for you today, including Steve Cleveland, former BYU basketball head coach. He'll join us in 15 minutes. What would he do to help BYU remedy their three-point struggles? And how concerned is he about it eight games into the season? I know it's hard to quantify that, but typically a coach has a good take on that. Plus, Lacey Haddock in Studio B in 30 minutes. She's playing a huge role for BYU women's volleyball as they approach the NCAA tournament, trying to help fill the void left by McKenna Miller. Right. And big deal, no deal in 40 minutes. With those things in mind, I think we should do some headlines. BYU men's basketball. Losing last night, 92-89 at Illinois State in overtime. The Cougars surrendered a second-half Double-digit lead. Yoli Childs finished with 27 points, 16 rebounds to lead the Cougars, including this. Coast feed to Yo. Yo off a deflection, goes up with it, knocked out of his hands, puts it back up and scores it! He caught it and shot it in one motion and scores it. Big make for BYU. BYU up 10 at that juncture with 11 minutes to play. TJ Haas scored 22 points, had 6 assists, but BYU struggles from distance continue, only shooting 21% from three last night. They take on Weber State on Saturday. Yeah, more on the shooting woes coming up in just a few minutes. Cougar legend, I want to under, underline that, legend Taysom Hill. And the New Orleans Saints look to continue their winning streak as they travel to Texas to face the Dallas Cowboys on Thursday Night Football. The Saints right now riding a 10-game winning streak. Women's basketball at BYU making the long, tenuous trip to Orem, Utah today as they take on 
cross-county rival Utah Valley at 1 p.m. Eastern. BYU trying to bounce back after a head-scratching 67-64 loss at Southern Utah. And BYU men's soccer beat Virginia earlier this morning 4-2 in the 2018 National Tournament. They play again today facing Pitt at 2.15 Eastern in their Nationals group play. A win would see BYU advance to the knockout rounds on Saturday. Yeah, not uncommon ground for BYU men's soccer when they play at the club level in college. They are the defending national champions, as a matter of fact. So good luck to BYU men's soccer as they look to finish on top once again. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. BYU basketball shot 6 for 28 combined from the three-point line last night in Normal, Illinois, yet still almost beat the Redbirds of (laughs) Illinois State amazingly. At 21.4%, BYU just about picked up what would have been a notable road resume win. Meanwhile, they come back home and they're disappointed. But, Jason, that leaves us with this question. On a scale of 1 to 10, how concerned are you about BYU's three-point shooting right now? Right now, I'd say I'm at about a 7. Look, eight, eight games is enough for – it's enough of a sample size for you to realize that it's not a fluke. This team is struggling from the perimeter. The coaches have talked about it. The players have talked about it. They're, they know that this has, has been an issue that, they're, that they've dealt with since. On the other hand, though, as I mentioned, eight games is enough of a sample size. That still, still leaves you so much time to be able to figure it out. I think everybody, and I'm, I'm, you know, I don't want to speak for the coaches, but I, I would certainly assume that the coaches would be even more upset if they weren't hitting the shots and they were taking bad shots. They're not taking bad shots. They're getting shots within the offense. They're in the right spots to take the shots. The shots just aren't falling. So if they can continue to at least get the good looks, just the law of averages says that has to come up. Plus, this team, we had, I think we had this conversation a week ago. This team has too good of shooters on it for this to continue. But right now, it's certainly something to be concerned about. I'm going to go one lower than you, Jason, and say on a scale of 1 to 10, I am at a 6. And you might say, well, how, how can you not be more concerned? Especially when you consider our stat of the day, Jason. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU is 0 for 8 in their first three-point attempt of each game this season. They have not made their first three in so, any game. So setting the table by making the first three will be the difference maker. <laughs> it would help, right, to see the first one go down. There's something that happens mentally. Yeah, absolutely. It's a mental. It doesn't even have to be a three. If anybody hits their first shot, whether it's a layup, free th- whatever, it does change Mentally, Not how just you view for the things. individual, but really for the team. So can BYU knock down their first open three-pointer in a game? This will be kind of a funny trend that we follow as the games continue, beginning with Weber State this Saturday. BYU is now 312th nationally in three-point shooting field goal percentage out of 353 teams. Yet, I am one lower on the panic meter than Jason Shepard. I am a six, Jason, primarily because there are six days... <laughs> Until the return of Nick Emery. It can't get much worse than it is right now. It can't can't get much worse. And with the implementation of Nick Emery and the hopeful regression to the mean, 
that percentage will jump up a bit and BYU will make one or two more. So, no, I'm not panicking because I think we've seen the worst of the worst yeah, this season it, from the three-point line. It, it will get better because it has to get better. And BYU's been competitive in every game except yes. for one, yes. even with the poorest three-point shooting percentage. It's, it's so bad right now that it can't get much worse. So with return of Nick Emery plus how the law of averages work, That'll bump up a few percentage points, and BYU will make a few more. All right, let's switch gears to some college football. There, I believe, are currently 764 bowl games in college football, give or take one or two. The options for BYU's game and opponent right now still unknown. Everybody has their prognostications and bowl projections, but right now we do not know. With that in mind, though, what kind of an opponent, Spencer, do you want to see BYU face in a bowl game? I want BYU to play a team that they have a history with. So a team that they faced in the Mountain West Conference days or a team like Virginia that is coached by the former head coach of BYU for 12 years, Bronco Mendenhall. So I would love to see a Virginia, a San Diego State. You want an added storyline. A TCU coached by Gary Patterson, who is now in the Big 12, where BYU wants to be a Power 5 team, yet they gave BYU headaches in the Mountain West, and there was this kind of weird rivalry with the Horned Frogs, right? They were good, and it bugged BYU, and they beat BYU handily on multiple occasions. So I would like to see a TCU, a Virginia a San Diego State, even a Houston. And I know BYU and Houston don't go back to the same conference, but there is this battle of the Cougars, and they've had some epic games against each other. I would like to see BYU take on a team that they have history against because, I yes, I do want added context. A little added added layer of story. Well, so now if BYU took on TCU, we met Gary Patterson's son who goes to BYU. Cade. Yes. I wonder how Cade would be. Pulling, rooting for. I mean, his school versus his dad. I mean, we're putting a lot of pressure on the young man. Well, blood runs thicker than water. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's for okay, sure. Okay, so here's how I'm going to answer this. Yeah, what yeah. type what do, of what opponent? What do you want to see? I want them to face an opponent that they can beat. Uh, uh, yes. Okay. I, okay. At the end of the day, I want BYU to win this game. Okay. Whatever that means in terms of the opponent, that's what I want. P5, G5, I don't care. FCS. <laughs> FCS. High school, <laughs> you know, I, I just want BYU to win the game. Look, I'm happy that BYU gets to play in a bowl game, right? I, I want to see them face a team that they can beat and end the year on a positive note, end the year on a, on a, with a winning record. That's, I believe, really important for this year's team. If I had to pick one team, just specifically one team. Yes, give me one. I'm going to say Baylor. And here's my rationale for Baylor. Winner gets the spot in the Big 12. (laughs) Okay? Baylor's out if they lose, and we take their spot. Now, BYU could face a Big 12 team in the Cheez-It Bowl in Phoenix, Arizona on December 26th. They were projected to face TCU in one of the bevy of notable projections. Baylor's 6-6. Yeah, more than likely we're looking at a 6-6 to 7-5 team. Um, and if it comes from a G5, it will probably be North Texas in the first responder bowl, a team like that. They're the exception. They're, I think they're 9-3. and three. Um, Or it could be, yeah, a 6-6, six 7-5 and six, seven and five type Power 5 team. Wake Forest in the uh, Gasparilla Bowl in Tampa. I know people are like, oh, give us Virginia and Tampa. That would be amazing. Hashtag BYU to Tampa. I don't know that that's going to happen. 
don't is, know what's uh, is North Texas the team that was in the movie Necessary Ru- No, that was Texas State. That was Texas State. Texas State, yes, the armadillos. Now, North Texas is the mean green. Granted, oh, they are the same colors. Yeah, 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 yes. They are yes, the same yes, colors. Yes. All right, back to basketball. We've been talking about three-point shooting and the concerns that are associated with that for BYU basketball. Wouldn't it help to have a guy like Jimmer Fredette back tossing up threes from 30 feet away? He's decent. He's a decent player. In an article on HoopsHype.com, speaking of Jimmer Fredette, by Brian Kalbrowski, Jimmer Fredette said the following, and I quote, I want to have another opportunity in the NBA because there is some unfinished business for me there. After this season is over... I want another NBA chance. This time, I'll succeed. End quote. Now, this isn't too far off from what Jimmer Fredette told us on BYU Sports Nation as we rewind to June 6th. You know, the season in China is starting to get closer to being over. We'll, we'll continue to speak with teams. We'll start figuring out, you know, good spots for me to maybe be able to come back and make an NBA return. Um, but at this point, it's about finding the best opportunity for myself and to further my career and for my family, whatever is best for us. Um, but obviously I would love to be able to take another shot at the NBA and hopefully that will be able to be the case. You've heard the quote most recently from that hoopshype.com article. You heard what Jimmer Fredette told us on June 6th. Jason, at this time next year, Jimmer Fredette will be fill in the blank on an NBA roster. Look, just because he has not signed with the team in the past does not mean there has not been interest from NBA teams in the past. The fit hasn't been right. Exactly. If he is as determined to be in the NBA next season as he says, then I think that means he's willing to sacrifice a few things. Sacrifice being the guy, taking the bulk of the shots in order to get a chance to show what he can do on an NBA roster. This is complete speculation on my part. I want to preface that. I assume that when NBA teams said that he would be a role player on the bench, he thought, you know what, I can still make significantly more money and be the focus of a team if I go back to China. Why in the world would I pass that up? Now, his priorities may have changed. The determination to get back in the NBA and prove people wrong, his hunger for another NBA shot is a reason why I think he'll probably be on an NBA roster. I, I will never count out Jimmer Fredette. This guy has NBA skills. There's no question about it. The question is, why hasn't it worked before? And I have heard everything from, well, he didn't have the right general manager. He got drafted by the wrong team. Their head coach got fired early in the season. The management was switching. It was a horrendous turn of luck for Jimmer Fredette. And honestly, I, of, I think uh, it yes, was with yes. the Kings. It was the worst like, scenario for that, him to start that going That was to a the Kings. really, really bad turn of luck for Jimmer Fredette to end up in that situation with a coach and management team that had no intention of Staying long-term, right? So then he moves on to a handful of other NBA teams, but never really stuck. Why? I, I don't know the answer. I want to know why it didn't work. It sounds like he's willing to make some concessions to go to the and, NBA. And, I think and, he was willing to make concessions before. I just don't know if there is an NBA general manager that will allow Jimmer Fredette, even in limited minutes, to do what he needs to do to be successful, which is be a ball-dominant guard. Whether it's 10 minutes a game or 20 minutes a game or 5 minutes a game, Jimmer Fredette needs to have the ball in his hands to be successful as a basketball player. Agreed. Is there a GM and coach that are willing to let Jimmer Fredette now 
eight years removed from college, BA or seven years rather, be a ball dominant guard in the NBA for a limited number of minutes off the bench. I think he could be productive for 12 to 15 minutes. I really do. He could score. But then there's the, well, he can't defend anybody. Is the NBA more about offense or defense? I'll let you answer that. Uh, it's pretty obvious that's about offense. I don't know if there is. I want to say he will be on an NBA roster, but if he's not going to play minutes, I don't want Jimmer Fredette to sit the bench. But he's good it, enough to be on an NBA roster. But it sounds like his mindset has changed to where it's about getting into the league, getting back. Our question of the day, away from Jimmer Fredette and back to BYU football, what kind of an opponent do you want to see BYU face in the bowl game? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. First response in on Facebook from at Jeffrey Scatcat. He says, let it be Virginia. <laughs> you want added context? There's, there you go. There's some, uh, some there you go. subplots there. Unlikely to happen. I think very unlikely to happen because I think Virginia's going to end up in Charlotte at the Belk Bowl or something a little bit closer to Charlottesville, and I don't think they want anything to do with BYU. If I'm Bronco Mendenhall, oh, he's, he already pushed the game back with BYU that was supposed to happen in 2019. I, I, would, think, I would think Bronco would petition behind the scenes to not play BYU. I don't, he just does not want, I don't, he doesn't want that. Though I would love Tampa and an ACC opponent. Hashtag BYUSN Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Coming up, was the season-ending loss to LMU a good thing for BYU Volleyball? We'll ask that question to Lacey Haddock. Was the loss ever a good thing? Eesh. Next, our coach, Steve Cleveland, former BYU basketball headman. What is his message to BYU basketball? They're 5-3 and three right now and can't shoot the three. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Men's basketball heading to Ogden on Saturday night to face Weber State. You can listen on BYU Radio at 9 Eastern time. I will have pregame coverage beginning at 8 Eastern. Shout out to all my Aggies in Ogden as well. Yeah. Live from Studio B, Woo! this is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I am Spencer Linton alongside Jason Shepard. Listen to BYUSN On Demand by downloading the BYU Sports Nation podcast. You can always watch the show whenever, wherever, however you want by going to BYUSN.com. Our question of the day, what kind of an opponent do you want to see BYU face in the bowl game or in a bowl game? I think we're all assuming BYU is going to go to a bowl They're game. They're going to a bowl game. Yeah. At Drake Pintail answers on Twitter, uh, the Saints, okay, <laughs> Georgia, Oklahoma, or Ohio State. <laughs> Moral victories for Spencer and Jason. Come Moral on. Victory. Come on, Drake. Settle down. Settle down. Come on now. Second response in, at Robbie Culp1 on Instagram. Still not over the Utah game. Bull feels insignificant. It might. The entire bowl season. After what That's happened why BYU, in Salt Lake City. BYU winning this bowl game, it's not going to erase losing to Utah. But no, having but a win to go into the offseason with is much better than ending the season on with a losing record. Uh, yeah, 6-7. and seven. We talked about this. Yes, I know. The difference between success and failure. Yeah. A winning to losing record. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline to help us figure out what's going on with BYU basketball is the former head coach of the Cougars, Steve Cleveland. Steve, it's great to have you back with us. Uh, first of all, happy holidays. How are you? 
I'm, I'm doing well. Thank you so much. You too. Okay, last night, BYU has a double-digit lead in the second half against a, a pretty formidable foe and a tough place to play in normal Illinois against Illinois State. Yet they watch the Redbirds come back and win that game in overtime. Uh, what was your immediate takeaway after the game last night that dropped BYU's record to 5-3? and three? Well, I think it's a really important uh, in, in those kinds of situations on the road that you get stops and you get multiple stops, and it just continues to put more pressure on the opponent. And then you getting to the free throw line, and they did get to the free throw line at, at times, and, and there were some missed free throws. There were some missed open shots. But I think any time you're on the road, uh, all of a sudden it becomes more of a half-court game. In those kinds of games, when you've got a 14-point lead, I don't think you can play with the same pace that you did to get that lead. Some people say, well, just keep your foot on the pedal. The end of the day, and I'm not suggesting not shooting the ball. What I'm suggesting is that the defensive end, you've got to get stops. That's the key to winning on the road. Getting stops, getting rebounds, getting control. Obviously, if there are opportunities to transition and break, you do so. But, you know, they just could not get multiple stops. And, and then, obviously, once they got, it, got there, you know, they were a little bit fortunate. It wasn't like BYU didn't have a chance for a couple of late missed free throws that could have helped them. But uh, it, it is a tough place to play, and it's a great league. That Missouri Valley Conference is a great league. Illinois State is a really good program that nobody in Utah has probably heard of. But at, at the end of the day, that was a tough loss, a game that uh, they had a great opportunity to win, many opportunities. Steve, how concerning is the team's three-point shooting? Well, I, I think that that is a big part of what BYU does. And, uh, and I think as, as I've watched several games, uh, and, and it's come to the point where a couple thoughts come to my mind. One is that with three-point shooting, I, I see the team, and specifically players, we're dribbling into a lot of three-point shots that are contested. And we're taking it off when shots are contested rather than, probably passing the ball inside or moving it wing to wing or coming off a ball screen kick and making that one more pass. Sometimes that, that can be a, a, a better way to get threes when teams are struggling. And, and I think really for a young man, I know even as a player, for me, I always felt like early on it was really important rather than having my first shot be a, a three, even an uncontested three, that I could get to the free throw line, that I could get to a mid-range job shot, that I could get a layup. It's something where I get confident where that basket looks a lot bigger than it would. If the first couple of threes I take I miss, then I'm kind of in that mental dilemma where what do I do now? And so it's it's a bit problematic, but it's something that can be repaired and fixed. Uh, There are a lot of different ways to do that. I'm sure the coaching staff, we got a great coaching staff there. One of the things I love to do at times is just to watch film with them and to look at their feet, look at their release, just mechanics, just to see if there's something a little bit not right. And then looking at the types of shots they were getting and, uh, and having those conversations, but all the time remaining positive. Uh, there's really good shooters there, and they, sometimes teams do go through this. But I think fewer contested threes uh, will, will improve uh, the performance and improve confidence. Steve Cleveland with us on BYU Sports Nation, former BYU basketball head coach, friend of the program. Coach, I said earlier on a scale of 1 to 10, I'm about a 6 on the concern meter for BYU's three-point shooting. And I'm not higher because I don't think it can get much worse. And I also am looking forward to the addition of Nick Emery in six days from now when he returns against Utah State. How much of a difference do you think Nick Emery will make for BYU basketball, not just from the three-point line, but overall for this team? Oh, I think he's going to have a really, really, really major impact with his team. And one, he, he, you're putting another 1,000-point scorer on the floor 
somebody that has great experience. And really, he and Jasheer will be the two best on-ball defenders. And the thing is, Nick defensively is really going to help this team. Nick can finish at the rim. And, you know, there's going to be some nerves. I'm sure there'll be some anxiety. That will eventually go away. I, th- I think for Nick, the best thing I could tell him is just be patient. Let the game come to you. You, you're you're here. You have the right to be here. Don't no other thoughts in your mind. Clear your mind and just go out and play. And he is. And I, and I think that this coaching staff will handle this well. Coach Rose knows the the challenges that Nick's gone through, and it's kind of like just breathe, Nick. <laughs> just breathe and relax. And you know how to play this game. And he's going to make people better around him. All of a sudden, they have more depth, and it, it's in a situation now where. Uh, once he gets his feet wet and gets going into the flow of the game, he's going to have an immediate impact. And it, it, it's not just going to be in scoring. I think a lot of it will be, too, is the ability that he has to attract two to three defenders as he attacks and finding maybe younger players uh, that are struggling a little bit shooting, uh, players that you know can't get it off the dribble, that need their feet squared. He can provide some of those passes that uh, will also improve the shooting. Coach Rose last night on uh, the, the postgame show, with uh, with Greg Rebell was talking about just needing to get more production from other guys and it's you know and, and I think Greg actually even tweeted out this morning just the the percentages in the wins uh, you're getting a significantly more you're getting more production from other guys that are not named Yoli and TJ in the wins in the losses those guys kind of disappear how do you get more production from the guys who aren't Yoli and TJ well, let me preface my thoughts. First of all, I'll tell you that the three losses were really, really good teams. Nevada, Houston, and Illinois State. There, there, there are going to be many players in that team that have the opportunity against Northwest State, Alabama, A&M, Rice. You know, so, number one, the talent level and the games they played, obviously the numbers are going to be much better with the games that they won, but it's also the quality of opponent there. Nevada. Houston, Illinois State at home or on the road are going to be really, really tough places to play. And your young men that are coming off the bench, it's going to be harder for them uh, just because the talent level is at another level. But that, that, that being said, one, I, I, I think Jasheer Hardnett, he's been a little bit ignored here, but I think he has much improved from last year. So you've got Jasheer, you've got TJ, and, and, and you've got Yoli who have been pretty consistent year in and year, I mean, game in and game out. I think one of the things you can do for, for players, whether they're young or whether they've been in the program, is sometimes to, to, to do some quick hitters, to do offensive sets and schemes that get them, in a ball, get them the ball where they can score. Rather than Dalton Nixon starting with wide open threes, he's going to be wide open right now, as is Harding, because they haven't proved that they can hit those shots. So how do you get them to have more confidence? Get them more in isolations where they can attack the rim and get to the free throw line or post them up against smaller guards. You know, with Zach Sellius, he's, you know, he's still shooting around 36% from the three, but we've seen Zach really light it up. But I like the idea of Zach getting the ball in the mid-range at times, getting the ball in places where he can get to the free throw line. You know, Baxter is a young man that's going to score off of rebounds. He's not going to shoot the ball. He hasn't developed that skill where he can turn around and take a 15-foot shot. So more production comes from defining what good shots are, helping them to take their initial first shots in places where they're confident. And then from there, as they step out, they'll continue to get – there'll be improvement. Having Nick on the floor will help some of those young men that have had a hard time stepping up. 
And I suspect that Nick will come off the bench for a while. He may come off the bench the whole year. That's the case. And, you know, you're going to have a, a super sub coming off. He, there may be a time very shortly where he starts. I have no idea what they'll do. But having Nick there will give them additional an additional score and, and take a little bit of pressure off some of the guys that have been struggling. Coach, I feel better already. I do. Thank you. Thank you for making we the holiday that. season better. <laughs> <laughs> it's great to talk to you, my friend. Good to talk with you guys. All Have right. A great week. Hopefully, yeah. guys will play well. Augen's a tough place to play. That'll be a tough game. There we go. Thanks, Coach. BYU at Weber State yeah. on Saturday. Steve Cleveland on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Coming up, Sylvester Stallone, Ringling Brothers, and BYU Twitter journalism all have a place in Big Deal, No Deal. Uh, it's just a typical Big Deal, No Deal, right? And next, is there any added pressure for BYU women's volleyball being the overall four seed and hosting a bunch of NCAA tournament matches potentially? I Lacey. Lacey Haddock. This is BYU Sports Nation. Does she look worried? No. The season debut of BYU Basketball with Dave Rose coming your way next Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. We still need a new basketball on the set, don't we? Good grief, that thing has been through uh, the ringer. Who was it that told? Oh, it was Yoli that said Yoli. that. He, he what said, did he call he's it? working on it. But what did he call it? He said it was crusty. Is that what he called it? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Let's keep it rolling uh, with the uh, thoughts of crusty basketball <laughs> with today's headlines. <laughs> BYU men's basketball losing last night 92-89 to Illinois State in overtime. The Cougars surrendered a second-half double-digit lead. Ugh. The only child, speaking of, scored 27 points, grabbed 16 rebounds. Huge night to lead the Cougars, including this. Post feed to Yo. Yo off a deflection, goes up with it, knocked out of his hands, puts it back up and scores it. He caught it and shot it in one motion and scores it. Big make for BYU. TJ Haas had 22 points and six assists. The big two... Still searching for help from a third. But BYU struggles from distance continue, only shooting 21% from the three-point line. BYU takes on Weber State in Ogden on Saturday. Cougar legend and Mac Brown's worst nightmare, Taysom Hill and his New Orleans Saints look to continue their winning streak as they travel to Big D to face the Dallas Cowboys on Thursday Night Football. A, a rare, really good Thursday Night Football matchup. Saints right now riding a 10-game winning streak. Mac Brown back to North Carolina. Good news is there's no Taysom Hill on the schedule. <laughs> Women's basketball at BYU making a long trip to Orem. They'll take on Cross County Rava Utah Valley at 1 p.m. Eastern. They tip off uh, right as our show ends. BYU trying to recover after a 67-64 loss at Southern Utah. And BYU men's soccer beat Virginia earlier this morning, 4-2 in the 2018 National Tournament. They play again today. They'll be facing Pitt at 2.15 Eastern in their Nationals group play. A win would have BYU advancing to the knockout rounds on Saturday. Can you imagine doing that, like, in the NCAA basketball tournament, where it's like, hey, you won, you got to play again. You got next. Today. You got next. Today. It doesn't exactly work that way. But in club soccer, yeah. You deal with it. Joining us now, speaking of the NCAA tournament, is a member of the number four overall seed BYU women's volleyball team, Lacey Haddock, outside hitter. Lacey, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Okay. uh, We just mentioned uh, during the break that it feels like forever since BYU has played a match, and it's probably because you were on the road, and now you've got an extra day because you typically played on Thursdays in WCC play, but now you open up on Friday. So how are you feeling after an extended layoff? Uh, we're feeling good. Um, we've been in the gym every day for practice since Monday, and so 
it feels good to work on the things that we can do better and the things that we're going to be facing in the tournament. Um, so it's been good. I think we've had a feisty week and we've, I don't know, I've been just been really focused on competing hard because when we compete, we play really well together. I like to hear that word. Feisty. Yes. That's, I like, yes. that's, that's a good mentality to have in the NCAA tournament. All right. I want to ask you this question. Okay. Did you know where Stony Brook was from when they said you're playing Stony Brook? I didn't. No, I, I don't think you're. No, don't don't say it like like I'm ashamed. I don't think most people knew where Stony Brook was from. It's in New York. Okay, but yes, it's it's one of those things. What what have you guys talked about? What have the coaches uh, talked to you guys about this Stony Brook team? Um, this week we've really focused on ourselves and how we can improve, and not really worrying about who we're going to play in the tournament because whether it's Stony Brook or whoever. I mean, hopefully we where we win that's our obviously that's our goal um but we really focus on us during the week and today we'll um watch some film and see how we can defend them how has the loss to lmu the lone loss on the season which happened to be the regular season finale and a big reason why the lions got into the ncaa tournament how has that affected this team um i mean it's it's definitely hard and it definitely is not fun to end on the regular season on that note, but, um, I mean, it's not the end of the world and we still got, um, a lot of opportunities to, um, play good teams. And I think it has been a motivation. It was kind of a wake up call and it was, I mean, Elmi played really, really well and they're a really good team. And so it was a really good matchup. And I think it's just good for us to learn from that and learn how we can be better in the tournament because it's winner go home. Is there a little added something for you and the other seniors for this tournament, knowing this is your last year? Uh, yeah, definitely. I think any senior playing in any um, big tournament is kind of have that added motivation. Um, but, I mean, we've all been together for the last four years, and even in high school we played against each other. And so it's just really special. And I think, I mean, I think a lot of this week has been that feisty and just like we're – our goal is to win because if we win, then we're not, then we're done. Everyone, a lot of people, other team, they're not done next year. But I think every single year, it's like we're fighting to just keep playing volleyball because we don't want to stop playing volleyball. BYU senior outside hitter Lacey Haddock with us in Studio B as part of BYU Sports Nation and our coverage of the approaching NCAA women's volleyball tournament. By the way, you can watch Game One of that live on BYU TV for the Cougars tomorrow, seven Eastern, five Mountain as they take on Stony Brook. One of, one of the more impressive things that I saw this season, and I've seen a lot of impressive things from BYU women's volleyball, was how your team rallied after McKenna Miller went down with an injury. I thought, man, this is a great opportunity, or not a great, but like the perfect scenario where the wheels could fall off because it is so emotionally charged when you lose a teammate and someone that you're so close with, but you found a way to win that match, and that showed me a lot of grit, a lot of toughness within this team. That said, she's not back. And you are a big part of filling the void that she leaves. So how does this team manage without McKenna Miller moving forward? Um, We've made adjustments and our coaches are awesome. They're always problem solving. And the practice after they were working on how we can um, kind of fill the offensive role. And just, I mean, she's awesome. She brings that energy. Um, And so we've made adjustments and we've been working hard on it. And I think we're going to do really well. Certainly because of how well you guys played this year, the reward is that you get to host. And we know how dominating this team has been at home. We know what the fan support is like at the Smithfield House. What does it mean to you guys to be able to be at home for these? 
Uh, it means a lot just because our fans are the best in the world. I mean, I've never in my last four years, I've never had this many people coming to the games, even on Saturdays, and we're like sold out. I'm like, are you serious? Like, <laughs> this has never happened before. And so it just means a lot because we can give that to our fans and we feed off their energy. And we know that no matter who we play, they're always going to be there, even if we're on the road. And LMU or any of these games, like it was packed with our fans. And that just means a lot that we can be here and have that support. I should make a correction. Nine Eastern, seven Mountain tomorrow uh, for the start of the BYU-Stony Brook match live on BYU TV again, 9 Eastern, 7 Mountain Time. Perhaps your favorite home memory is still to come This uh, these approaching weeks, Lacey. But up to this point, do you have a favorite home memory as a senior when you look back on all of the epic things that have happened uh, in your career here? Let's see. Um, I mean, the Oregon match, the... Even the American match that we hosted, I think it was last year. Um, I'm trying to think. I mean, playing Utah at home is so fun. I remember this year playing Utah at home. Just I'd never seen that many people at our games. I'd never seen attendance record that night. Yeah, and then like shooing a thousand people away. I was like, "What? This has never <laughs> happened." And um, I don't know. I don't think I have a favorite. Just because playing at home is it's so fun and. Um, I'm sorry, I don't have a favorite. No, no. I say Utah or Oregon. Just the, the tournament matches are always my favorite part of the year. Speaking of epic, and I think you know where I'm going with this. <laughs> I think uh, I do know. Oh, boy. Yes. <laughs> so your sister, Lindy, has had a fantastic season. Everybody oh, yeah. I talked to this year, when we talk about you know what's what has led to some. Everybody brought up Lindy and her mm-hmm. ability to kind of be the quarterback. How proud have you been of her this season? I know you're always proud of each other, but this season, her, her game has been taken to another level. Uh-huh. I'm so proud of her. Um, a lot of people, they'll kind of look at us and be like, is, is that annoying that she's, like, killing it? And I'm like, no. Like, there's a reason <laughs> our parents put us as, like, different positions because we're so competitive. But, no, I'm so pumped for her. She's done so well. And, I mean, her blocking and her off- offensive threat has just gotten so much better I mean she's always been good at that but she just kind of has that new like confidence and just like I don't care who I'm playing I don't care how big this outside hitter is like I'm gonna go up and block her and I don't <laughs> think a lot of teams I mean because setters always have that rep as like oh they're small like use them and I think Lindy's really just taking that like no like come at me and so I'm so proud of her she's done so well you're a good sister. You know that. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Lacey, great to have you with us. Uh, before you go, let's give you some BYU Sports Nation karma. I mean, run run karma. with that. Okay. We, sign the flag, too. Run with it. Yes. We need to sign the flag as well. Put your name on the Sailor Coob behind you. like. Take that BYU Sports Nation karma and go and dominate Stony Brook. And just maybe Denver or Utah. You know, she may actually give Yoli a run for his money in terms of, like, the height. I mean, she would just need to jump up there to do it, but she can certainly do that. Yeah, I wouldn't put it past her vertical. Right? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yeah. She could give Yoli a run for his money on that. I'd like to see her vertical compared to yours, Jason. No, no, we wouldn't. None of us would like to see that. <laughs> Coming Thanks, up. Thanks, Thank you. Lucy. Coming up, how much should you read into BYU football players tweeting out hashtag BYU to Tampa? We do Twitter journalism. Is that a thing? Oh, big boy. deal, no deal. Oh, boy. And, uh... Jeremy Jordan's not here today, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't recap uh, how badly our end one picks went. <laughs> the carnage next. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. 
Hey, we were just talking about this. Women's volleyball hosting Stony Brook in the first round of the NCAA tournament tomorrow night at the Smithfield House. Watch the match live on BYU TV at 9 Eastern time. Yes, that's 9 Eastern, Jason. Get it right. Seven Mountain. Come on, man. Come on, Spencer. (laughs) Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. I don't want to do this, but we have to do it. And Jason, you have the pleasure of uh, recapping Jerem's picks. Sweet. So let's go. And one. Uh, we make two picks. If you get the first one right, you get two points, and then you have an opportunity at your and one. If you don't get the first one right, then so long. <laughs> Good night. All right, recap Jerem, Jason. Jerem's two-pointer. BYU wins by three plus. Nope. Mm. Didn't happen against Illinois State. No, nope, BYU falls by three. Okay. His and one, Yoli Childs, will combine for fewer than 32 points and rebounds. Mm. Wow. Not Yoli had a combined 43 at 27 <laughs> points, 16 rebounds. Jerem, you were wrong. <laughs> All right. Doesn't get much better on my side. My two-pointer. BYU will shoot 30% or better from the three-point line. Mm. Oh, my goodness. If they shoot 30% or better from three last night, they win by double figures. Oh, they, they, yeah. oh yes. They, win, they lost an overtime shooting 21%. Six for 28. Oh! So, yeah. Uh, my or and or one. how about this? Or if a team that shot 64% from the free-throw line in Illinois State doesn't shoot 94% BYU probably wins Get too. Get out of here. Uh, my and one pick, TJ Haas will score 16 plus. Swish! Yeah, I did get that. But remember the stipulation, you have to get the two-pointer right, your confidence oh. pick right, to have the and one count. So while my and one was technically correct. It waved it I, off. I don't get any points. It's waved yeah, off. It's waved off. It's waved off. Yeah, yeah. It, it was a foul before the shot. Yeah, I like the new rules because last year that would have been a point. All right, no points. No we points award you no points. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Adam Sandler. Haas did have 22, which is encouraging. We just need more from somebody else not named Yoli or TJ. Yep. There you go. All right. Uh, perhaps BYU basketball will show up somewhere in our Big Deal, No Deal. Big Deal. No Deal. Presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. Ben Bagley, join us, won't you? What do you have for us at number one? Well, funny enough, it's BYU basketball. Big deal, no deal. BYU basketball being 106 currently in the net rankings. (sighs) You take this one. Yeah, this is a big deal because now BYU has lost back-to-back tournament resume-building games. You had Houston at home. Never really competitive in that game. Felt like Houston dominated from start to finish. Maybe you feel differently in that, Jason, but... Houston wins that game, so I thought, okay, Dave, is, Dave Rose has always been really good in bounce-back games. Mm-hmm. And BYU was, for the most part, outside of three-point shooting. They had a double-digit lead in the second half at Illinois State, and I thought, okay, this will help. This will help get things going the right way. Now they've lost back-to-back tournament resume-building-type games in Houston and Illinois State. This is a big deal because BYU is running out of opportunities to impress the committee. Are they going to do it against Mississippi State on the road? Yikes. Yeah, it's a big deal just because the mountain to climb to get where you probably need to be obviously is much tougher. And and there aren't very many other opportunities. You know, obviously, you you know, you play Gonzaga, you play him twice and those kinds of things. But yeah, being being at 106, the the hill to climb is is a bit bigger. Number two, big deal. No deal. BYU football players tweeting out hashtag. BYU to Tampa. What does it mean? Take it away. Uh, I'll say no deal. I mean, it's a big deal in terms of of it being like funny and, you know, it was fun to watch them all tweet that out. It's a no deal. I mean, it's 
the likelihood that BYU is going to go to Tampa and face Virginia is is pretty small, I would think. I, I say no deal. It's fun. It's awesome to think about. But I, I, I think it's just having fun. I say no deal. Now, typically, I would probably side with you on this one. But I don't know that I've ever seen a player or team combine to make a push for a specific bowl game. Yeah, I have not certainly not BYU have not seen this. No, this is out of the norm. So I'm going to say this is a big deal that Zach Wilson, your starting quarterback, would go as far as to say hashtag BYU to Tampa. Like, we're making our claim. We want to play in Tampa. I'm the starting quarterback. Put us in Florida. I've never seen that from a BYU player. Mm -mm. Big deal to me. All right, number three. Big deal, no deal. BYU Gymnastics hiring a former circus acrobat. That's not always on his resume, but he was a former circus acrobat. (laughs) I'll I'll say it's a big deal. Listen, you want to talk to girls about performing under the lights and in a pressure situation, go get a guy that worked for Ringling Brothers as a circus acrobat. Leo Matsuk is his name and help them kind of embrace the lights, the spotlight. (laughs) Everybody's watching and you are going to crush it. I like this hire. I think it's fun. I think the backdrop is really cool. And I think BYU Gymnastics continues to get better, not just with their athletes, but now as they upgrade on the coaching staff. Look, I think it's a big deal. I think this is really cool. Look, sometimes, look, it's it's creative. Again, not that this is all that he has done, but this being in his background and repertoire, to be able to have that type of knowledge for gymnastics, I think it's great. He understands pressure. Absolutely. I love it. Number four. Last one going off BYU sports into so uh, pop culture. Okay. Big deal, no deal. Sylvester Stallone announcing last night on his Instagram that Rocky has retired. <sighs> no deal. Look, no deal. Sylvester Stallone has retired Rocky like seven times, okay? The, the, <laughs> the opportunity will present itself for Rocky to come back. There are now eight Rockies. There's not eight Rockies. He's doing another Rambo, which I'm a huge fan of. It's like, the, yes, he may retire him right now. He's not retired for good. Yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh boy. I won't continue. I won't continue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, it's not, it's never retired. Okay? Why did his speech get progressively worse with the movies? <laughs> I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I, uh, it's never retired when it's, uh, Sylvester Stallone. No. So even if Michael B. Jordan takes over as the prominent character, which he is right now in the Creed section of this Rocky uh, saga. Saga. Yeah. Thank you. Then (laughs) there will still be a cameo, right? There will still be a cameo in every movie from Sylvester Stallone. He's not retiring. Maybe not like a heavy role, but like he'll still, he'll still show up. Here's the deal. I'm retiring in Hollywood is code for pay me more money. Okay? That's what that is. What's the number to get you back for a few scenes? (laughs) Exactly. Coming up. No deal. A BYU team comes from behind twice to get a win at Nationals already this morning. And it's almost game time. In fact, like seven minutes away for BYU women's basketball. Details on that, plus much more on the whip next. This is BYU Sports Nation. Big Deal, No Deal. Presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. Shout out to today's guests, Steve Cleveland and Lacey Haddock of BYU Women's Volleyball as they prepare for the NCAA tournament. If you missed any of the show, download the podcast. Go to BYUSN.com to watch full episodes. Dennis Pitta, we love you. Let's whip it.
It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Basketball. Men's hoops losing on the road last night at Illinois State in overtime, 92-89. Yoli Childs had 27 points, 16 rebounds to lead BYU. Cougars in Ogden Saturday night taking on Weber State. Cougars in the NFL. Former BYU great Taysom Hill and the New Orleans Saints trying to continue their winning streak. It's now at 10 as they travel to Texas and face the Dallas Cowboys tonight on Thursday Night Football. Women's basketball. Cougars looking to bounce back from their loss a couple of nights ago at Southern Utah. They play UVU coming up in about four minutes. Go Cougars. Soccer. Four BYU women's soccer players receive all West region honors. Elise Flake, Rachel Bingham-Lyman, and Michaela Coulihan all named to the first team while Sabrina Davis makes her way onto the second team. Golf. BYU Golf announces the signing of Cole Ponich and Zach Jones. Ponich was a four-year All-State golfer out of Davis High School. Jones comes out of Lone Peak High School. Today's rise and shout goes to BYU men's soccer, currently in the NCAA tournament for club teams at the collegiate level. BYU trying to defend their national championship. They won game one. They got to play again today. Came from behind twice. Get it done. Let's go, boys. BYU men's soccer trying to... Win again, and not just win a game. We're talking about win the national championship. Our question of the day: What kind of an opponent do you want to see BYU football face in the bowl game? Our elite voice of the day, presented by Sundance Mountain Resort, celebrating 50 years. In from at Colonel underscore James 83. Really, this is our elite tweet of the day. Our elite voice of the day. He says, "Bama, no, no." <laughs> Oh, is it Alabama A&M, maybe? Okay. Okay, all right. All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can, I can yeah. get on board for that. Yeah. We, can, we, can, we can handle that. Come on. Ah, oh, boy. The conversation continuing 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUSA. For Jason, I am Spencer. Shout out to Michelle Lewis. Well done. Former BYU women's volleyball player. Go Cougs.